that in it. All we praise God for this morning as we continue to worship our awesome God. He is worthy uh, to be praised. We enjoy, encourage you to join us in this time of worship as we bless our God. And we want to welcome you in this fellowship a little something like this. We want to tell you. Go ahead and welcome somebody in the house of God.
be in the house of the Lord one more time. Let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we come thanking you for uh, another day, Lord. Lord, we thank you from the time you touched us and awakened us this morning and to this point in time. Surely, 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 Lord, you have been good to us, Heavenly Father. Father, you gave us a reasonable portion of health and strength to make it out here, Heavenly Father. Father, we ask you, Heavenly Father, please bless that every song that will be sung, every prayer that will be prayed. Please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to go forth, that it change us from the inside out, Lord. Lord, touch our hearts, our minds, and our spirits right now in this place, Heavenly Father. Help us, Lord, right now to forget about ourselves and just focus and concentrate on you, Heavenly Father. For we've come to honor you. We've come to give you the praise, Father. Not unto us. Not unto us giving the glory, but all glory belongs to you and you alone, and we thank you, Lord. Lord, you know what we need even before we ask. You know what's going on all across the land, all across the world. Heavenly Father, but nothing catches you by surprise, Lord. Lord, we ask you to please look on us, Heavenly Father. Please have mercy on us, Heavenly Father. Please, Heavenly Father, give us strength to endure. For the race doesn't go to the swift or the strong, but the one that endures until the end. Lord, give us endurance power. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. 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 The scripture reading this morning will come from the gospel according to John. Chapter 9, the Gospel according to John, chapter 9. We're going to begin at verse 24. So that's the Gospel according to John, chapter 9, verse 24. You may stand in honor of God's word if you're able to. Gospel according to John, chapter 9, verse 24. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has ever been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshipped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered to this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who seek, to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, 
are you saying we are blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah
Uh, we're going to look in our text today, coming from the gospel according to John 9, chapter, of Jesus giving sight to the blind. Uh, when we look at this text, we, we are going to see uh, that a man born blind is healed by Jesus and that people don't want to believe what's in front of them. It's kind of baffling of how the truth is right there in front of them, but they don't want to believe it because in believing the truth, then they have to acknowledge that they are wrong. And they have too much pride to ever admit that they are wrong, so they'll rather be right than wrong. But they're wrong at the same time. But they're right. Help me make sense of this. <laughs> and how... Pride can limit us and can blind us from seeing the truth. Uh, I want to title this message, Give God the Glory. And then my subtitle is, Jesus Says. <laughs> can you help me announce that to you? Never tell him, Give God the Glory. Jesus Says. We want to just lift up one more verse, uh, reread this verse, I should say, uh, that was read earlier in our time of scripture and prayer. Uh, again, the gospel according to John, ninth chapter. Y'all with me there? Uh, we go down to verse 24. Uh, reading from the New Living Translation, those who are able to stand the reading of God's word, you may be able to stand. Uh, the word of God's read, for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this. Because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Verse 25, I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this, that I was blind, and now I can see. Praise God for his word. You may be seated. We worship the God we know. We know him for who he is. Notice here in this text, they challenge him, tell him to give God the glory. What is happening here, basically, this blind man is on trial to prove he is who he says he is. This man's on trial because he was born blind, but now see. The problem is that he sees now. <laughs> They're upset that he sees now. If When he was blind, they could care less about him. But now he's walking around gaining sight, catch this, on the Sabbath. Who dare do some saving work on the Sabbath? Anybody know Jesus? <laughs> and they don't like Jesus, so they've been already mad that Jesus is doing things that is making them upset, teaching about how he is the son of God and how they ought to repent and how they ought to be baptized. And he sounds a lot of like that John the Baptist guy. These are untrained, unlearned people. They're not a Sadducee. They're not a Pharisee. How dare they act? 
like they know what's going on. Why do people keep on following after him and going after him? And then this rumor now, this Jesus has made a man that was born blind to come side. We don't believe this. And here it is, this man is standing to them. But yet what's happening is that they are blinded because they don't want to receive the truth. We, we know that who God is, he helps us to understand who he is because he revealed himself to us. We know God the creator because God shows us him as God the creator. He gave us Genesis, let us know, in the beginning was God and the emptiness, and then he made everything else. When you open up, it says, in the beginning, God. So first and foremost, before anything else existed, there was God. I've always been in existence. And his love for us has moved him to send his Son, to die for us so that we might be saved. And in response of our salvation, we ought to worship him. I want to highlight this, and I want you to catch how this is also expressed here in this text. That once the man came to understand who Jesus is, he worshiped him. This text has two things under observation. One who is this blind man? And two, who is this Jesus? Jesus is under scrutiny because in chapter 7, tells us how the leaders wanted to get him. They wanted to stone him. They wanted to throw him off a cliff and to stone him. Chapter 8 also points out that they have made a law telling that we know who we are. We are children of Abraham and you not following the right rules. And Jesus made it very clear that if you were children of Abraham, you'd be happy to see him. But your daddy's the devil. They ain't like that. <laughs> so the text now moves us in this ninth chapter of a blind man. This blind man has the religious leaders focused on him because they're hearing the story that somebody decided to do some work on the Sabbath. Think about the work that he did on the Sabbath was that he gave somebody sight and they got mad. That's like you going to the doctor and they're doing surgery for you on a Saturday or on a Sunday because it's the weekend. You won't get mad. You going to save my life on the weekend? How, how dare you do something like that? So the gospel writer is pointing out to us that uh, these Pharisees are so blinded that they're not understanding that they can see the light that is before them. This gospel writer is also giving us a prophetic theme of symbolism of what it means to gain sight and what it means to lack sight. Psalm 146 and 8 tells us, The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. Isaiah 29 and 18 tells us, In the day the deaf will hear words read from a book, and the blind will see through the gloom and darkness. Staying in Isaiah 35, verse 5 says, And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind, and unplug the ears of the deaf. Then in Isaiah, the 42nd chapter, verse 7, you will open the eyes of the blind, you will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. Do you not see a theme here? That God is in the business of giving sight to the blind. This is prophetically speaking of what the Messiah will do when he comes. That he's going to give sight to the blind. He's going to make the lame able to walk. He's going to raise the, the dead to life. And he's going to set the captives free. 
John is letting us know that the ones who worship God are the ones who have received their sight. And the ones who do not worship God and who do not see the Son of God are the ones without sight. My question to you this morning, can you see? To see God is to see Jesus, the Son of God, as the Messiah or the Christ. And not only is he the Messiah and the Christ, but he is God. In John, he opened up early, says, and the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And if you got a question of who is this word, he goes on in verse 14, he said, the word became flesh, and we beheld him, and we beheld his glory. And, and it's all how they rejected the word, but the word still died. Oh, y'all, y'all catch who the word is? Tell your neighbor, that's Jesus. And if you can see Jesus, then you see him as your Lord and your Savior. And, and I want to highlight Messiah is Hebrew the same way as Christ is Greek, which means the anointed one, the chosen one, the one that died to set us free. But if we are blind and we can't see, then we are lost in darkness and unable to grasp the truth. Don't be blind to the facts. There's a time in our lives that we can't see because we're blind. There's a popular lyric out there saying, you're blind, baby. You're blind to the facts. You can't see what I can see. Jesus is trying to help them out. I want you to see what I can see. I don't want you to be blind to the facts. It's hard to worship what you do not see, and definitely it's hard to worship what you do not believe. In this text, the blind men, and the Pharisees present to us characters of irony. We have the blind man who is limited physically with sight at the introduction, but at the end of this narrative, he could see clearly who Jesus sees. But we have the Pharisees who can physically see, but are spiritually blind at the end of this text, because they cannot see who Jesus is. This teaches us how to give God true worship. To give God true worship is to see Jesus as the Son of God. And to see Jesus as the Son of God, then our reasonable act of worship and our reasonable act of service is for us to surrender our lives to him. Then we have to understand this, what is stopping us from serving him. But one of these obstacles is doubt. They did not believe what they saw right in front of them. They doubted it was this man. Matter of fact, if you go back earlier, looking at verses 13 and 19, it shows us that his neighbor says, like, that looks like him, but that's not him. Well, how can it be him? Because we've seen him before. He's blind. So that's not him. He walk around like, yo, it's me. <laughs> hey, y'all, it's, it's me. Yeah, I was blind, but now I see it's me. And they're like, no, nah, I can't be you. So they were in doubt. They were in disbelief that they could not believe what was happening. And they were so upset. That they decided, well, you got to go tell the Pharisees (laughs) that something's happening on the Sabbath. Uh, This man we know that used to be blind is now able to walk around saying it's him. And so they ask him what has happened to him. You pick up in verse 16, some of the Pharisees, this man, Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such a miraculous sign? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. 
Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. See, their doubt blinded them to say that he can't be who you say he is. He has to be who I say he is. They are so blind that they cannot even accept that who was born blind can now see. They don't even believe that he has miraculously regained sight. So matter of fact, they want to say, if I can question the one who has done this, then I can discredit and deny what has been done. You're saying he's a prophet. I'm letting you know he must be a sinner because he did it on the Sabbath. What they're saying is that he did not do it my way. He did it his way, and his way is the wrong way, because my way always got to be the right way. And what they're going into the place is that because he has gone another way and did it another way, it must be wrong. So I'm going to ask you the question, but if you don't answer the way I want it to be answered, I'm going to let you know you're wrong. That's what they kept asking and say, well, who is he? He kept on telling them, why he Jesus? (laughs) I was blind, but now I see. Well, how did it happen? I told you. But not only is there an obstacle of their doubt is hindering them, but that their, their, their blindness of their pride and their ego has, has gripped them. John chapter 7, I alluded to it earlier, verse 13 is the, is the footnote. It says that they, bear, they, they forbid anybody of speaking about Jesus openly. Because if you speak about Jesus openly, they will kick you out of the fellowship. So, they, so many of the people are divided because they didn't know what to do. I, I want to be accepted. I want to be a part of this group. So therefore, I must go along to get along. Even if it doesn't make sense. Even if it contradicts my morals and my ethics, I have to go along to get along. Notice how they're living a life of conflict and there's even conflict within the conflict. (laughs) The problem is here that the truth will always win out. But when you're living in times of denial and, and lies and doubt and confusion, everybody's going to be confused. We got to know for ourselves what God has done. Here it is that they're questioning the man who witnessed himself what God has done for him in his life. And they got the nerve to tell him it did not happen. We live in a time now that you can tell somebody about Jesus. And they'll let you know that they don't believe that he is real. It's the same way we're dealing with now that there's some people that want to doubt, that want to not believe that God is who he says he is. They did not believe that this boy was healed. They knew him but could not believe he was born blind and gained sight. Then he tells them they still don't believe and they take him to go see the leaders and they and the leaders question them because they don't believe. But now, if I can bring these leaders, uh, these Pharisees into modern terminology, um, they're basically serving like trolls. Uh, trolls have been very popular in social media. I, I had to help myself out, look up Urban Dictionary, where to tell about the trolls. And it says this, the one who posts a delivery provocative message to a news group or a message board with the intention of causing maximum disruption and argument. Well, then that's that what we see right here in this text. Maximum discussion and argument about how somebody regains sight. <laughs> Okay, first of all, the truth is the man was born blind, he gained sight. The trolls come out, that ain't real. Then he says, Jesus did it, Jesus ain't real. 
So all he's doing is trying to deny, discredit, and disprove what has already been proven to be true. And here's the problem what happens when we engage in trolls, that you become a troll too. In other words, a troll is a fool. Proverbs 26.4 gives us this great word of wisdom. Don't answer the foolish arguments of fools, or you will become as foolish as they are. Another way to think about it is that don't argue with a fool, because those who don't know will see two fools. Therefore, we need to understand how we don't have to sit and contemplate with those who don't believe us and move on. Seek to know the Lord and realize that seeking him will gain wisdom. But those who are blinded are not seeking wisdom and not seeking knowledge. But let, that, let not that be you. May you find joy from pursuing the Lord and gaining understanding. Notice that this man did not ask for Jesus to come into his life. Do you notice at the beginning of this text, in John 9, chapter, verse 1, it says that Jesus was walking alone. He saw a man who had been born blind. And, and then Rabbi, his disciples, asked him, why was this man born blind? And then they had the nerve to ask, it must have been his mom and daddy's fault. But Jesus pointed out to them that had nothing to do with them. Can y'all see that there closely? Verse 4 says, I'm sorry, verse 3 says, it was not because of his sins or his parents. So not what he did wrong or his parents did wrong. He said this has happened so the power of God could be seen in him. I would encourage you to understand that you might be going through some hardships in your life and you are asking the question, why? And you want to put blame on somebody else or you want to blame yourself. But maybe you have to wait for the moment you see Jesus and find out that it was all for this purpose. But sometimes our hardships can be the obstacle that can stop us and therefore basically human limitations limit us from seeing what God can do. It has not been done before. Well, I never tried it this way. Well, I don't know anything else. Well, we only know what we know. One of the movie I like is Princess Bride and they're going to the forest. He says, never has it made it through. And he says, you only said it because nobody's done it before. <laughs> and how true it is, right? Like, it's never because it has not been done before, but Christ made it very clear for man it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. And so our human limitations limit us, but yet God can take the limits off. See, they believed his condition was because of sin. But Jesus pointed out his condition was to bring God glory. Can I help somebody out today? Don't look at your condition as if it's something tragic. But look at see it's an opportunity for God to get the glory. Give God the glory. But some, some are wrestling with that because they don't believe. Their doubt or their lack of faith is too heavy. It's too hard for them to believe. Uh, Jesus made a change in this man's life. And this amazing change happened that others 
were so amazed that they didn't believe it. They couldn't believe that this could happen to someone to go. And, and, and now I've already read the part, but if you look in the text, it told you how Jesus did it. He sped on mud, put the mud on his eyes, and told him to go to the pool Siloam, which means sin. So he sent him to the sin to get washed, and he came back clean, and he came back seen. Here's a beautiful thing. What happened? Jesus was just walking by. This man all his life was suffering being blind, and could nobody do anything to change his life. But the day his life is changed, now everybody got an opinion. We may not know why, but the Lord knows why. We may not know how, but the Lord knows when. Let us rest and be assured to know that God works all things out for the good of those who love him and the call according to his purpose. There may be people mad at you because God is moving in your life. But I encourage you, don't get allow those trolls or those haters get you down because they're upset at what God is doing in your life. But encourage those trolls and encourage those haters. Let them know if you can see God is moving in my life, guess what? That might, he, he might be moving in your direction. So don't get caught up with what I got, but get preparing yourself for what you can get. A few more witnesses. Don't get caught up with somebody else have, but say, Lord, if I die, are still blessed. <laughs> even me, Lord. Even me. And while you wait, you can worship God. You can give him the glory. To knowing that he is worthy to be praised. Now, I asked you to tell your neighbor to give God the glory, but I want to highlight when he told him to give God the glory. And then moment of court and justice system, basically saying, you know, do you swear? <laughs> you know, basically saying, are you telling the truth? You are under oath. They're, they're basically reminding him that don't you lie to us, because if you lie to us, we're going to hold you accountable. So, so therefore, they put him under oath, and he told them the truth under oath, and they still didn't believe him. Isn't that something? And so here it is. He says, give God the glory. And he did give God the glory. I was blind, but now I see. Well, they try to, they try to hedge their question and say, isn't he a sinner? I can't speak on that. But what I do know is that God don't listen to sinners like that. We have never witnessed this before. Someone who was born blind now gains sight. And now, now they're mad at him. And here's a beautiful thing about what I like about this young man. I can see this young man full of, of, of bravado and, 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 and unabashed of, of curiosity, but also talk, kind of talking back to them, not knowing he's talking back to them. Because they get mad at him. He says, y'all already asked that question. <laughs> I, I already told you. So do y'all want to become his disciples? Now they get mad. Oh, this boy getting smart with us. We we not we not disciples. I mean, we disciples of Moses. That that man must be a sinner. It's a, hey hey, if that's what y'all said. But what I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And y'all know, like I know, this has never happened before. So if y'all don't want to believe me, that's on you. And and this the second time they called on that was after they went and talked to his parents. His mom and dad said, "We ain't got nothing to do with this." 
They're like, you're not going to kick us out. He's of age. He can speak for himself. We want to clarify for the record. Yes, that's our son. Yes, he was born blind. How does he see now? <laughs> Don't get us in this mess. <laughs> Go talk to him. Say, come back. They bring him back before him. Say, all right, boy, tell us the truth. Give God the glory. I did. I'll do it again. I was blind, <laughs> but now I see. They are frustrated. So much so that they kicked him out. Yeah. You understand what happened? They kicked him out because this man was speaking truth. Here's the beautiful thing about the truth. You don't got to change the story. He's like, I've already told you once. I'm going to tell you again. Right? So they're interrogating him, seeing if he's going to flip up on his story. But the truth remains the same. When you know the truth, you can tell the truth. And if you don't know, you can say, I don't know. You don't got to make stuff up. And like he said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. But I know the evidence is that he doesn't look like one because I'm seeing now. Because he did something miraculous for me. And I'm going to give him glory. But yet the obstacle of pride has blinded them so much that they even contradicted themselves. Look what they said. They said he must be a sinner. And that's all. So how is it that they know a sinner can do this miraculous thing, but they say he must be a sinner? Because he did it on the set. And, it's on. and then he says, I was born blind, and I can now see this says, that's not real. That's not true. So how is it that you are asking this man, and he's giving you the truth, and your pride has blinded you so much that you'd rather be wrong to prove that you're right? And that's why there was division amongst the people, because they were divided, because the lie was dividing them. The truth will set them free. This man is getting frustrated talking to him. In verse 20, he says, look, and the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? And here's a beautiful thing, what that illustrates to us. The joy of us studying and reading God's word. The more we hear it, the more we're going to receive it. You know they're saying that? Oh, you want, to hear this? you want to hear it again? You want to become his disciples? Repetition. The more we study and stay in his God word, the more we build upon that, that's going to help us to grow. His testimony is proclaiming the truth. How much more there's some people out there that need to hear your testimony? How you were blind, but now you see. How God's amazing grace has set you free. But yet, those who are haters, those who are blind by hatred, those who are, are convinced that they don't believe what God is doing in your life, don't spend your energy, spend your time with them, because they just want to knock you down just so they can kick you out. Notice they brought them back in just to kick them out. They brought them back in just so that they could kick them out. Y'all probably know some people like that. They call you back just to hang up on you. Right, they, they want to get that last word on, right? Right? Or, they, or they'll text you back and send you a message, but won't reply back. Like, no, I got the last say. I got the last say. I got the last say, right? Because some people that just want to do that, they just hate us. So much hate, so much animosity gets upon us that we just want to do that. But yet, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Notice that love will take abuse. <laughs> love endures all things. Mm. Hopes all things. And so, and love casts its 
Love will not leave you abandoned. Look what happens. When they kicked him out, note what the text says. When Jesus heard. Y'all see that in the text? When Jesus heard, he walked by him again. Let's read that. Well, before I read that, let me, let me jump back on verse 34, uh, 934. When they, when, they, when they condemned, when they cursed him and condemned him, it says, you were born a total sinner. And you are trying to teach us. And they threw him out. I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to want you to kind of keep that in the back about you were born a total sinner. And they kicked him out. Okay. I want you to hold on for that for a moment. And then we're going to look at now when Jesus saw him in verse 36. The man answered, I'm sorry, go back to verse 35. When Jesus heard that he, what had happened, he found the man and asked him, do you believe? And the son of man. The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Y'all see that there? You have seen him, and he is speaking to you. They kicked him out and told him he was a born a sinner. But yet Jesus shows up and tells him who he is. Now, I want to highlight that part that he said, you are born a sinner, and we are in the gospel according to John. And we know John 3.16. But before John 3.16 is John chapter 3, verse 7. It says you must be born again. Because the, the, the blind people did not see their own state. You're born in sin. <laughs> and that what he told the Pharisee, Nicodemus? You must be born again. And so here it is, this man was born blind, but now he's been changed. He is new. He is so new they didn't recognize him. <laughs> and here I want to highlight that the spiritual aspect has taken place here that they did not see they were blind to. Not only was he physically born again, but spiritually born again. He has new eyes. That he can behold him and see him. Jesus says, I am both he that you're seeing and the one you have talked to. The man answered, and, and in response, what did he do? He worshipped him. Then Jesus confirms this message, verse 39. I enter this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see, they are blind. Notice again, the haters were still around. They got mad. You trying to say we can't see? And you know the truth hurts. No, a hit dog hollers. So if it hurts, it hurts. So they wait, wait, you talking about me? Look what Christ said to him. If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. What he's saying to them is that you say you can see, but I have told you you are blind. But you say you can see. Y'all catch that? The same contradiction they were I told you I was blind, but now I see. But you tell me that did not happen. You are blind to the facts. And this blindness is hurting you and killing you. But notice here, you don't have to stay blind. Tell you that, you don't have to stay blind. We don't have to stay in our pride. We don't have to stay in our ego. We don't have to stay in our doubts and our fear. But yet we can break out of this by turning to Jesus. But allow him to speak into our lives and tell us the truth and us acknowledge, Lord, I am a sinner in need of your grace. 
When we can confess and we can repent, then we can be changed. And that's why Christ has come. So that we might be changed, we might be redeemed, we might be saved, that we were blind, but now we can see. And we will worship him now and forever. For we will behold him. We will see him face to face. We will know him as our shepherd. And if you notice that after this chapter, if some of you have your Bible, you can see it says the good shepherd, John 10 chapter. Behold, I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the gate. But before he says, I am the shepherd, he says, I am the light. And I am the light of the world. I give sight to the blind. For us to know Jesus, then we know him in his full capacity for who he is. And we don't have to walk around grasping, bumping and hurting ourselves because we're blind and we're in darkness. We need assistance. But God will come and be our assistance. And he'll be able to open up our eyes so that we might see. And here's the thing. We may not be able to physically see, but he's talking about how we can spiritually see. That we'll be able to, to, able to have the spirit of discernment and able to understand right from wrong and be able to walk in righteousness and humility before the Lord our God. That we'll be able to be submit to his will and worship him. When the man worshiped me, he bowed down before him. That he, he changed his body and his posture before him. May we change our posture. Stop moving the posture of ego, a posture of pride, a posture as we know it all. And may we say to the Lord, I don't know it all. And surrender to him and Lord have thine own way. And may we give God the glory by how we now walk and how we now live. That he'll be pleased and that we will worship him, that we will serve him all the days of our lives. Because Jesus saves. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have all saving power. We thank you, Lord, that you give sight to the blind. Lord, we, we ask you to look upon our hearts and our minds and forgive us the times that we have been prideful. We've been arrogant, Lord, and we have allowed our flesh to blind us and block us and obstruct us from following after you. Forgive us the times, Lord, that we might have been jealous and envious of what you might have been doing in somebody else's life. And we didn't give you the glory. But, Father, Lord, we want to surrender to you right now. Cleanse, cleanse us, Lord, of all unrighteousness as we confess to you right now. Forgive us, O oh God, have mercy on us right now, God. And, Lord, may we be more forgiving, may we be more gentle, be more kind, more patient. And, Lord, may we show more of your love, your grace, and your mercy. And may you be pleased with our lives. Now, Lord, there might be someone here who may not have a church home, but we invite them to join this fellowship. Uh, Lord, may they know you and may we disciple them and grow with them, Lord. And they do not know Christ as a Lord and Savior, but I pray today that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart, Jesus Christ is Lord, and that they shall be saved. And welcome them to be baptized and join uh, this fellowship. Move, O oh God, and have thine own way here in this place, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. We extend a hand to discipleship. There's someone here, amen, that we're looking for a church home. We want to welcome you here in this place. May we stand and make it easier for them to come through the pew that might be here today.
You're welcome here in this place. There's someone here today. You don't have a church home. Zion wants to welcome you here in this place. Amen. We see now moving forward. We thank you. We give God the glory. Amen. We give God the praise for his word. Amen. As you get in worship here, then we prepare to give God his tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Father, we freely give back to you, Lord, but order belongs to you. Bless us, Lord, as we have opportunity to give. Bless those who have desired to give, but yet have none. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, as you supply all our needs. So now, God, bless, increase, and multiply what is given for the building and the work of your church and your kingdom and your ministry. And, Lord, bless those who have desired to give that they have not, Lord, with your peace and your comfort. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Paul, ask the Father, the stress of the ushers, amen, as they come forward to lead us. Those who are online, you're welcome to give online. And, and uh, thank you for joining us this morning. God bless you. Thank you all for joining us online. God bless you and keep you. Tell me again,